you please pray with me? Heavenly, awesome, perfect Father, thank you so much that, that you are so powerful to, to enter into our hearts, to, to be in our lives, and to make the impacts you've made. And thank you that none of this crazy or anything is stronger or more powerful than you. Open our hearts and our minds to, to hear what you want us to hear, to see what you want us to see, and, and to, to, to learn a little bit about you and to give ourselves to you more and more. Thank you so much. Amen. My name is Bill, for those of you who might be visitors here. And, and, and Nick said it well. This is my free message. You are, uh, you are our, I don't want to say targets, you're my, you're my uh, victims uh, for a period of time as, as we're going to start talking about what's going on inside of the world. We're going to be talking about God's prophecy that tells us the future of the world, the future of the countries around Israel, the nation Israel, the future of the United States, and the future of Ridgecrest. He's actually described in prophecies very clearly. But more important to everyone here, God gives prophecies about each individual person. He says, if, if, if you do this in the future, this is what's going to happen to you. If this happens to you in the future, you make these choices, this is what's going to happen to you. We get to choose our future, but it's prophesied down the path we choose. We know the end of that path because God tells us. And one of the, uh, the, the good news about God is he does tell us. He doesn't want us to walk in the dark. Uh, our, our sovereign Lord, sovereign means the total ruler, controller of all. Indeed, the sovereign Lord uh, never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. God has been revealing in advance the things that he's going to do in the world. And we've watched now for thousands of years, he'll, he'll say something's going to happen, and it happens. He says this, is going, and this is what happens. So he's done that consistently. He reveals uh, his plans to his servants, the prophets. And then he, he tells us, he, he tells us, understand the times you live in. Now this is, he gives a weather report of Israel. But if those of you who are uh, rich crustians, and, and you know the signs of the times, when you see wind, or, you know, clouds on the mountain, what do you expect? Yeah, you expect wind to, to come through and, and blow your shingles off and disturb your sleep at night. You expect that because you are able to, enter, you know, to predict the weather because of the clouds. Now, what we're talking about here is the signs of the times. Interpret, we can do weather signs, but do we know the signs that are taking place all around us inside of the world? You know, I'll say this maybe a couple of times during this because for me it's... Uh, it's exciting. Uh, when Christ came uh, 2,000 years ago, we talked about the prophecies that were fulfilled then. We are living in a time where prophecies are going off all around us. You cannot read the daily news without being able to connect it to several specific, specific prophecies for nations, people inside uh, of our times today. It's, 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 it is like popcorn going off. When you hear the first one pop up, now it's just going... For the last, since 1948, popcorn has been going off like crazy as the prophecies are being fulfilled around us. Uh, I'm a little enthusiastic about that. But the bottom line is huge. A prudent person, a person with wisdom, we, if we see danger coming, we'll take precautions. 
as, as we see all these things happening, it, it, specifically, if Christ is coming back, we better get our Jesus on. If we're walking out into a world that's in chaos and confusion, we should be ready to share Jesus with the people around us. We, we should be prepared to do that. And so that's what we're talking about today. Now, as I got ready uh, for today, uh, I, was, I was talking about what two, 2020, 2020, isn't that catchy? What's 2020 going to look like as we go into it? And I, I started actually like two columns. This is good stuff. This is not so good stuff. And so as I was getting ready, I, I said, what can I compare that to? And uh, being mostly illiterate in, in things of wisdom and knowledge and literature, uh, but I did remember a quote. Uh, it comes by Charles Dickens out of A, a Tale of Two Cities. And I, I thought this described uh, 2020 perfectly. It was 2020 will be the best of times. It'll be the worst of times. It'll be the age of wisdom It'll be the age of foolishness, epoch of belief, uh, and it, it, incredulity. It will be a season of light. It'll be a season of darkness. It'll be a season of hope. And 2020 will also be a winter of despair. This quote was written uh, back in a time when there were the two cities and the tale of two cities. You may not be familiar with it, but one was London and one was Paris. London at this time, the city of London, was living in an afterglow of a revival that was started by William Wilberforce and, and the Christian movements that he brought about, including the abolishment of slavery in the uh, British Empire around the world, his efforts. There was Christ was being exalted. It was one of those glorious times for that particular nation. So the city of London was basking in the light of Christ. Now, Paris, the other city, at that particular time, was in a period of incredible darkness. They had rejected God in, in, in France through their revolution and had embraced humanism at that particular time. And so God was nowhere in view. As a matter of fact, their political so solutions to their opponents, you think our Congress is bad, they beheaded the other guys. They got out the guillotines and started chopping heads off of anyone that had a crown anywhere near them. So there was two cities, one under God, one uh, under Satan and the evil forces. Those are the two cities, and actually that's where we stand as a nation. We're a divided nation. As I looked at the different things that they're, they're talking about there, uh, I, I started to look. We live in the age of wisdom. As, as it says, the age of wisdom, we are there. We have information at our fingertips. The World Wide Web is at our disposal. As we go back and forth, medical knowledge, scientific knowledge, instant communication, they're increasing exponentially. The World Wide Web, the super highway of information and news connect us all together. A teenager with a smartphone today has more information available to them at the, at, the, at the movement of a finger if they know how to do it than Albert Einstein ever had in his whole lifetime. The information flows around us. We can tap into any source of information. We live in the age of wisdom in 2020. But also in this age of wisdom, it's also the age of foolishness. 
because mankind is rejecting clear, objective evidence that's been put before us in our schools, in our world, and everything else. Scientific evidence about creation, scientific evidence about the nature of man, scientific evidence in so many specific areas, including, by the way, clear, specific proof of prophecy that the Bible is a supernatural book written by God off our timeline. We, we reject that now in the age of foolishness. We've traded objective facts and evidence and scientific proof to prove the existence of God. We've, we've replaced them with this objective wisdom with our own subjective personal truth, our personal morals. Can you imagine any nation saying, oh, go pick your own morals, go pick your own uh, truth, go pick anything, you're on your own, but this is where we sit today. Uh, we traded that in, traded in objective truth for subjective truth. We live by our feelings. We have an attitude of entitlement, so we can do that. Serving ourselves. We've gone from esteeming others is more important to ourselves to esteeming ourselves, our self-image, our self-actualization. We've gone from the, the concept of us serving as a community to it's all about me. 2020 was the age of uh, wisdom and foolishness. But it's also, as it starts talking about the things that go on inside of our country and how we will continue to go in this direction, uh, by, sadly, by all indications as we move forward, the season of light and the season of darkness, the world is moving away from the light of God, the kingdom of God, and it's moving into darkness. We'll talk about these polar opposites of light and darkness. This is prophesied for the end times. So our world, our culture, our politics have become polarized, specifically in Western culture, and the United States is the prime example. As a follower of Christ, we should see the world in light dark. We should see the world between the forces of good and the forces of evil that are coming at us. Sadly, all indications continue for us as a nation that we're going to become more divided. We're going to become angrier. Anyone, I don't think anyone here in their right mind is looking forward to our current uh, upcoming election in November, very few months away, as a real peaceful, joyful, kumbaya singing period of time coming at us both on TV, radio, robocalls. Uh, I'm President Trump. Oh, I'm so-and-so, whoever the Democrat is going to be. Robo-Trump, isn't that? Never mind. We'll just let that go. Uh, okay, it's done. All right. But we will see this inside of our government. Anger, division, strife, partisan hate shows itself in the elections. At, we continue in this area of, of light and dark going back and forth. But also it's 2020 is going to be a time of hope and a time of despair. The light of God's truth is love and his followers. Followers of Christ are going to shine brighter. I guarantee it. We'll talk about it as we go. But darkness of human despair, depression, fear, panic, sexual dysphoria, uh, school shootings, group shootings, uh, panic attacks, loneliness, confusion will get darker and darker as the time goes by. The statistics are stunning uh, as we look at them. Suicide rates skyrocketing across all uh, categories. Young girls, teen girls, the, uh, the number one killer is suicide. Teen boys, the number two killer, is suicide. And it, it's, it doesn't spare age, too. In the last 10 years, suicides of those people who are 60 years old have gone up 30%. So young and old are finding a time of despair 
inside of our nation and our world. 2020 will be challenging for all of us, for followers of Christ. But we have to remember that it's not a battle between Republicans and Democrats. It's not a battle between races or economic status or anything else. It's a spiritual battle that we're facing. And then if we don't fight it on a spiritual basis, we're going to lose the war. So for Christians, it's important to be reminded to be strong in the Lord and His mighty power that as followers of Christ, we should put on our armor and stand against this. Because these battles that we're seeing, it's not a battle of politics. It's not a battle of, of really world force. It's a battle of heavenly forces, spiritual forces that are trying to destroy our nation. And as we look around, oh, by the way, can you explain the evil that comes out in so many different ways in any other way than that there's forces of darkness that's moving inside of our world today? We look at what's happening, uh, the genocide and the different things that are happening. This is spiritual darkness. You know, as we go forward in 2020, that's the real war. And the real war is, is fought here. In my mind, the battlefield of my mind and the battlefield of your mind. Are we going to see the world through God's lenses or are we going to take on another eye view, philosophy, idea, process, worldview that we're going to see the world through? This is the battle. This determines how we finish the war and how those around us so many. You know, don't copy the behaviors, customs of this world. Let God transform us into a new person. How? The way we think. You know, and the promise at the bottom of this verse is, is powerful. God's plan for us is good. It's pleasing, and it's perfect. That's really good news. The Don't let anyone capture us with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from the world rather than Christ. This is straightforward. The battle of worldviews and philosophies. Will we follow the world or will we follow God? I'm going to say this several times as we go through it. Uh, it, it hugely important in 2020 the danger to parents and students that we're facing. This battle, uh, the, the short-term battle, is in the home right now. The only hope for the culture is when these kids grow up, they will be transformed by the power of Christ and change the country and point it back to the kingdom of light instead of the kingdom of darkness. That's where the battle is taking place. Home is really the only safe haven for light right now inside of our country. Uh, even churches are under attack. There will be persecution. God is still banned from the schools, from the government. That's already known. Uh, any student or parent who follow Christ and his teachings uh, on, on morals, marriage, will be censored for hate speech. California Assembly Bills 99 and 2943 will label any talk against the current uh, politically correct agenda will be called hate speech. Already people are being persecuted for speaking out against some of the causes that are there. If we don't, if we don't uh, embrace some of the causes that are there. In schools, college campuses, Christians will continue to be silenced. Uh, they'll be replaced with the religion of secular humanism. No doubt that, that Jesus Christ and the cross will be seen as foolishness. This is a, uh, an affront, if you will, uh, to the nation and to the world. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for hell and destruction. 
But those who are being saved, it's the power of God. What's the, what's the message of the cross? It runs absolutely against our culture today. We live in a self-exalting, self-actualization, self-realization, self-truth, self-moral, self, self, self. And the cross says crucify self and exalt others. They're, they're diametric. They're, they're opposed to each other. They, the cross and, and modern culture of self cannot exist. So in, in the culture, the message of the cross is seen as foolishness. Jesus is, is seen as maybe a, a good teacher back in the day, but he's certainly not culturally relevant today. We can write off his teachings. Uh, one of the big efforts, and, and Nick already mentioned it, as we go into the new year, our message is going to be about Jesus. Because Jesus is Christianity. He made no bones about it. He was so politically incorrect. He said, without a doubt, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And I'm the only way to heaven. So as followers of Christ, we need to be able to grasp that in our mind, accept it in our heart, and defend it to those who call Christ foolishness. And so the series that we're going to be uh, moving into is going to be just about that. Because Christ hasn't changed. He's the same today, yesterday, and actually forever. The Jesus that, that created the world and spoke it into existence, the, the Jesus who died on the cross and rose again, is the Jesus who's with us here today. He lives in the heart of every follower of Jesus Christ. He's the reality that we move in. Jesus doesn't change, and his word doesn't change. His truth is truth. I don't have to feel like it's truth. I just have to know it's truth and follow it. Matter of fact, if my feelings were involved, I'd have eaten so much chocolate, I would be in a coma right now and not be standing here. I may go home and do that later, but that's another story. Uh, last Wednesday, we celebrated Christ, his birth. This is the Jesus who who healed the sick, who raised the dead, who walked on water and calmed the storms. He died for our sins. He was raised again. This is the Jesus that we're going to have to follow. He is the way, the truth, and the life. As we look to the future, it's a reminder of hope. It's not in our government, not in our science, not in our Google searches. It's not found on our phones. I know as long as we look and stare at them, that's not going to happen. The number of Free sale games that I win on my phone is not going to change the course of human events. It's just not. It's found in our families. And I, I say this again. We'll say it many times. It's in our kids. It's in raising up a godly generation to carry the banner of Christ forward. You know, I, that is hope. It's not only the hope for the next you know, the next year, it's the hope for the next 20, 30 years. Our hope is to raise up a generation that follow Christ. That it can, and again, I don't write off past generations, but worldviews are formed early. The seeds of Christ are, are planted early and grow. So the, where I look at the most fruitful thing is I think we, we need to look to our youth. For sure we need to look to them no matter what to be able to transform them. Hope for the youth. The hope for each person in our world. You know, it, it really is in, in our youth. But it's, it's Christ who gives us the light. 
You know, these verses of light and darkness go back and forth. We used it earlier. God is light. There's no darkness in him at all. So if we say we have fellowship and we're living in spiritual darkness, so much of our spirituality today is we honor God with our lips, but our lives don't show it. If we're not practicing the truth. But if we live in the light as God's in the light, we, we connect. We have a relationship with each other. And Christ cleanses us. We go forward as a body of people. Don't miss the statistics of the number of millennials that were raised in church have already left church and have already given up on a relationship with God. And, and the statistics show that very poor as far as them ever coming back in the future. You know, but Gen Z is still at the table. There's things that need to be discussed and talked about. You know, inside of our nation today, the, they mentioned gender identity, but drugs, uh, the, the consuming plague of pornography, both soft pornography and the movies that so many of our kids go to watch that are popular today, that, that, that present immorality in sexual relationships, but also the, the pornography that comes across the web and the phones at this particular time. Over 40% of the males are addicted to pornography, teenagers. And even 25% of the young girls are addicted to pornography. 80% of youths report going to a pornography site by choice at least once a month uh, in, in our culture today. Uh, this, th this is consuming and going on. STDs, 1.5 million cases for kids under 20 every year are taking place. The addiction to cell phone technology consuming average of nine hours a day for our teens. If they're not watching, they're plugged in. They're doing something that's connected to the outside world. The Christian response to darkness is to shine brighter. And that's good news because it truly, uh, light shines brightest in darkness. It's important. Work out. This is Christians. Work out. You know, the results of our salvation, work it out, work hard, obey God with deep reverence and fear, uh, live Christ, for God is working in us to give us a desire and a power to do what he pleases, he comes and he lives in us, he gives us a desire, he gives me the desire to be more like Christ, and then by his spirit he works through us, do everything without complaining and arguing, oh, the, cult, the culture we live in so often. So that we can't be criticized. Live clean, innocent lives. Children of God. Shining as bright lights in a world full of darkness, really. Darkness. Christians should shine like light. One of the challenges, and it was mentioned in one of the videos, is the school districts and the schools to shine like bright. So many times I take students aside and I say, do you know a real Christian? In your school, junior high, senior high, do you know a real Christian? Normally the answer is no, but if I get a yes, oh yeah, so-and-so. And they shine like lights in the darkness. They don't walk in the mindless mumble of the world. They follow Christ. That's the light, and, and each follower of Christ should do it. Now, 2020, this verse is ours. We were made for this generation. We were made for this time. If you're alive today... And you got a shot of going into the next year, which I think we're pretty safe. That's Wednesday. At my age, you go by days, not months, uh, that we can go forward. But as we go forward, we're chosen for this age. 
We weren't chosen for the 20s. We weren't chosen to be there at Christ's birth. We're chosen to be there today. What are we going to do with this gift God's given us? How are we going to respond to it uh, as parents, as Christians, and everything that's going? You know, it, it's our choice. No compromise with the truth, but to be able to go forward. The darker the world gets around us, the brighter we ought to shine. That's our choice. True, true followers of Christ, they are the hope of the world. They're the hope of the families of our town and our country. Because God tells us the, the very simple solution. If you want to change your world, your family, your culture, he says if, if things are going junk, if, if God shuts up heaven, if darkness comes on the land, if there's plagues, there's curses, and all these things taking place, then, then what you do is you, you turn to God. And you say at times like this, Christians, turn to him. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. If we, Christians, followers of Christ, will humble ourselves and pray, God will hear from heaven and heal our land. He's not saying, hey, Republicans, pray and I'll heal your land. Democrats, pray and I'll heal your culture. No. Hey, why don't you go back to the one before it? Thank you. Uh, it, you know, if, if this happens, it's God's people. It's followers of Christ. Jesus' followers who have the light in them. If we will humble ourselves and pray and turn from our sin, you know, this, is, this is, should be Christianity 101. We turn from our sin as God convicts us. Turn away from it. Uh, humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn, and then God will hear. You see, this, we're not out of hope. We're not out of hope as a nation, uh, a, a city, a family. We're not out of hope. But the process is very simple. It's, it's turn back to God and change our lives. Now, as you do that, have no doubt that you're going to be persecuted. We, we live in a, a, a time of darkness where, where laws are being formed up. People will mock us. They will persecute us. They will make fun of you. Because you're the followers, just look at the lawsuits that are taking place inside of our country against anyone who holds up a standard of Christ at different places. I don't know if you, you caught the, the video that was at the beginning of it. A man is put in jail for burning a flag for 16 years of a cause that he didn't agree with. Uh, be happy about it. Be glad because that's what's expected. Our reward will be in heaven. It's happened throughout history. We are the light of the world. Our good deeds should shine out into the world. That's what he does. And oh, by the way, that is what's happening. Christians are shining like bright lights in the world. Not in Western culture. This is a map of the world put out by Voice of the Martyrs, which I suggest and encourage everyone to be aware of. Because as we look at our country, it's very easy to be discouraged. But you see, Christ is winning in the world. Christ is shining in countries. Oh, oh, the ones under persecution, really. Yes. Where there's persecution, Christians are shining. The top of Africa there, look out through the Middle East, look out through China, the persecution that's taking place. Uh, the, the, literally, the, the millions of Christians around the world that, as we speak, are being tortured and put in jail, 100,000 Christians will die in, in 2020 for their faith. 
They will go into the execution chambers, into the beheading, into the torture chambers, professing Christ. They will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. They will shine like lights. To me, I read their stories. I read often the, the books that, are, that come out about them from Voice of the Martyrs and others. They're the light of, they're the, light of the world. And, and we should be encouraged by them. Per, uh, Iran, which is turning into uh, one of the bad actors in our world, has got a revival on it. Uh, our hope is uh, not that the Ayatollah gets a cold and, and passes away. It's that the Christians continue to go. Fifteen, what is it, fifteen, I think, hundred people have been killed in the riots that are taking place there recently as they're trying to get a government change. It's going forward. Persecution is there. But we are the light of the world. Small, faithful remnant in the United States. There's still, a, again, percentage-wise, uh, probably less than 3% are biblical Christians in our country, 2% under 30, and there's not a measurable percentage point under, under the uh, age of 20 that are Christians in our country today, biblical Christians. So the, the, the pressure is there. Uh, there is a faithful remnant of light shining in 2020. At Christmas, we reminded ourselves who Jesus was when he came. But we also presented the proof for Christ. God never asked for faith without giving evidence. His evidence for Jesus Christ was the, were the prophecies that were spoken about him before, over 300 specific prophecies of Christ's first coming, fulfilled in his lifetime. They just picked eight of them. I use these statistics all the time. Uh, would be one in one uh, bunch of numbers. For those of you who are more visual... Uh, this is compared to taking the state of Texas, covering it two feet deep, two feet, I was a contractor, two feet deep with, with silver dollars, marking one, stirring the whole state of Texas up, and then picking that one are the odds of fulfilling all those prophecies. Jesus Christ was proven to be the Son of God. The Bible was proven to be true by the prophecies. The prophecies of Jesus proved that he was the Son of God, you know, Again, and how do we know, by the way, Jesus, because he gave a lot of prophecies. How do we know he was the real deal? Well, God gives us a way to do that. He says that you can wonder, how do we know whether uh, a prophecy is from the Lord or not? This is Deuteronomy 18. Whether well, these prophecies from the Lord or not. If he speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction doesn't come true, you will know the Lord didn't give him the message. It's interesting and i challenge you to do this if you're looking at any other religion form of belief or anything else in the world uh from secularism all the way over to satan you know satanic or the cults go look at their prophecies look at the look what their people their founders said and find out they didn't come true that it marks them off jesus came true he gave prophecies throughout his life you know he predicted uh that his disciples would leave him uh, he'd be betrayed by one of his disciples and named him. Peter would deny him three times. It goes on and on. He'd die by crucifixion. He would die specifically on the Passover because he was the lamb chosen before the foundation of the world to be the lamb of God. And he would rise from the dead on the third day. And he also predicted the destruction of Israel, one of the most specific prophecies that it would be so destroyed that not one stone would be left on another. Happened exactly in 70 AD as it took place. His prophecies came true. So why is that important? His short term came true. But what does he say about our times? 
At one point, he gathers his disciples on the Mount of Olives, and he gives them a prophecy. He starts, they ask, first off, they come to him and they say, okay, when is the temple going to be destroyed and when are you coming back? That's the specific jest at the beginning of Matthew 24. But he goes through the signs that we call the tribulation period, the last seven years, worth reading, worth understanding. Our prophecy class, we've studied prophecy for, I mean, the people are in there, so they started as 20-year-olds and are 80 now by the time we let them out. But uh, just a little exaggeration. Uh, but he says he's going to come back. You'll see the Son of Man. He will appear in the heavens, deep mourning of all people. He will come with the clouds of heaven, great power and glory. He's coming back. He's not coming back as a child. He's coming back as a king to rule. He'll rule on this earth for 1,000 years. This world will be transformed back into the state before the fall in the Garden of Eden. And Christians will, will be joined with Christ and live with him for 1,000 years here on earth. Kind of exciting stuff. But the prophecy's about his return. The then, the then. He says, here's how it's going to go down. He says, just, you'll see the clouds of heaven. Everyone will see Jesus coming to earth, even those who pierced him, even those who cursed, killed him, and those who pushed against him. They're all going to see him. He'll shout, come down with a shout from heaven. The dead will rise. How'd you like to be standing at Memorial Park when that happens? <laughs> Just kidding about that. But <sighs> coming out of the grave. But that's all those will join him in heaven and come down and live for that thousand years uh, here on earth. You know, so what else did he say is going to happen? We're going to take a moment and, and go political on you. Geopolitical uh, prophecies for the coming in true in 2020. First off, United States, we are not God's focus. Israel is. We are so us-centered that everything has to circle around us. That's not true. From the beginning, his people have been the time clock. His people, as they move into bondage, as they repent and come back and they're rebuilt. It's been the nation of Israel. Uh, all, of, all of this is, he started this prophecy talking about uh, in 70 A.D. They'd be scattered throughout the world, and they were. Every stone was moved on that temple looking for the gold when the Romans captured it in 70. Uh, they were scattered throughout the world. They were persecuted throughout the world. They were tortured throughout the world even by many times by by false believing christians or false christians mostly but uh ending up with the holocaust but then there was a promise made to him now a nation that's been scattered has never ever 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 come back this has never happened in the history of the world that when a, a people lost their national identity and homeland that they would ever keep their identity then come back but God promises that they would be scattered, but then they would come back. I'll gather you from all the nations. It's, it's taking place as we speak. Jews are coming back to Israel from all over the world. This started actually around 1900 with the Belfort Declaration where they could come back to Israel. Of course, obviously, it, as went forward in 1948, this prophecy came true. Who has ever, has, has, who has ever seen anything as strange as this? This is wonderment. This is... 20, this is 2,600 years ago. Who's heard of such a thing? Can a nation be born in a single day? Can a nation go from not existing? Can, a, can it be birthed in one day? No, of course not. Back there, it took literally centuries 
for a nation to come to life? Has it ever been in a single day? Has it come from a mere moment? No, but it did for Israel. At the beginning of Jerusalem's birth pangs, they would bring it together in one day. The United Nations passes a, a bill that says Israel is now a nation with a homeland. They were recognized 19, in May of 1948 and went forward from there. You know, God had gathered them from all of the nations of the world and brought them home, brought them back to their promised land. You know, at that time in 1948, anyone, everyone that knew what was taking place knew it was insanity. Why would you take 600,000 Jews and put them in the middle of 100 million Muslims committed to kill every one of them, push them into the sea. That's insanity. And yet we did it. And, and, and miracle upon miracles, they're still there. In the uh, transition that has taken place, they've won the war of 1948, 67, and 73. These are supernatural victories. I study them. When I used to be in the military, I used to brief their tactics to, to other Marines that I would go see. Uh, today, they're the most technologically advanced military in the world uh, to defend themselves. But, but they need to be able to defend themselves uh, because the nation of Israel is small. Uh, if you look at it, it's 8,500 square miles. Kern County is just a little over 8,000 square miles. It's the same size as Kern County. All this world hubbub about Israel is about something the size of Kern County. The current location of it, the way it's laid out, uh, to the north Lebanon, Syria, uh, Jordan Valley, all the way around it, and Egypt on the other side. We'll go and come back to that in a minute. But now the Golan Heights have been returned to Israel as their property. Uh, President Trump recognized that a few months ago, and now just a couple months ago, uh, the West Bank has now been recognized as their property. This is now, in our view as a nation, that's the nation of Israel. It's the land promised to them. Actually, they had much more than that before, but this is, their, this is the land that they returned to. Um, that's there. Uh, the current population of Israel is around 8.5 million. Uh, small nation. How do they stand up against the pressure that's there? Because they're surrounded. We're told that Jerusalem, the capital, will, be a, will gather all the nations, will be against it. And, and, and we see that. This small country, uh, 0.011 of the world's population, becomes the focus of news. And oh, by the way, for information who's counting, 40% of the Nobel Prizes have been won by that 0.011% of the people inside the world. They are an amazing group of people. And so uh, God's people as they go forward, and they're the focus of the world, a focus of anti-Semitism, boycott, divest, and sanction movement, and even condemning in, in, inside of our country, the condemnation of the United Nations over and over again for defending themselves. Future wars are prophesied in Israel. Now, this is, this is today's news. Uh, uh, by the way, that's taking place. Uh, north, let's take a look at that, that next map. Okay, now, okay, this is going to be hard to do this, but because it's hard to find this little 8,000 square feet uh, or, or square miles of, of the nation of Israel. But currently to the north, 
is Lebanon. Lebanon is in, in political chaos if you follow the news, rioting in the streets. But also they have 50,000 Hezbollah, party of God, terrorist fighters, jihadists who are committed to the total destruction to the last man, woman, and child of Israel. They have 150,000 rockets that they're, that they're programmed and ready to launch at Israel at any time. Oh, by the way, 2,600 rockets have landed in the nation of Israel. If you imagine a hundred and th that many rockets landing in Kern County, Inyo Kern gets mad. Inyo County launches a couple of rockets in here and hits Ridgecrest. Any, I didn't want to insult Inyo Kern here. Uh, but that's exactly what's happening. They're being bombarded from the north. 1,500 rockets are digging tunnels, tunnels large enough for platoon and company-sized military forces to move to, through to attack and destroy Israel. And they will pop out of these holes and, and pillage and burn and kill inside of the nation. So Lebanon is a problem. The Gaza Strip, we're familiar with what they're about. They have 150,000 rockets that are pointed toward Israel. They have factories producing these and are coming at them. Israel is under assault even as we talk and, and going forward. Hamas in the Gaza Strip and Hezbollah north of them. Iran has promised to destroy them and wipe them off the map. They chant regularly in their meetings, death to Israel, death to the USA, and they've just increased their production capability for nuclear weapons to be able to take Israel off the map. Turkey, uh, which is also in this picture, is going to be a player in the end times, is now turned against Israel. News article Friday, uh, Israel's uh, chief general uh, was speaking about, the, about what is going to happen in the near future. There's a strong possibility that we will face a limited confrontation with Iran, and we're preparing for it. This next war uh, will also be to the north and also with Gaza. The intensity of the enemy firepower will be great. There can be no war without casualties. They're going to war, and they have to. In one of the wars, the Again, I could go on, but they did a preemptive attack which saved the nation. And I believe they're going to have to do that again in, in 2020. Yeah, I believe that's going to take place. But there's another war that we also know is coming, which is predicted in the Bible, which is stunning prophecy being fulfilled. There will be a time when the nations of Russia, the Stands, Iran, and Turkey, which is now used to be a... a uh, a NATO member is now turned back, put over with Libya and Ethiopia, which are now, by the way, Libya is now connecting up with Turkey. Uh, they're all going to invade Israel in, in a war at the end of times. Uh, specifically, they're there now. If you start looking at Iran, you start looking at Russia, you start looking at, at these enemy armies of Turkey, they're all now on the borders moving through Syria. This is, again, it, to me, this is exciting. I don't look forward to all the death that everything is going to take place. But prophecy is coming alive in our times. We should be aware of it. We can't do business as usual. But anyway, what about the United States? Our choice. We've been given a choice between being blessed by God or cursed by God. It's the beginning from all nations. If we choose to follow God, we'll be blessed. If we choose to reject God, kick him out of our government, out of our schools, deny him being taught to our kids, we'll be cursed. It's a, it's a very simple process. And also, if we 
if we continue to bless Israel, we will be blessed. It's one of the promises that I believe has kept the United States alive as a, as, as a nation. Signs of the times in our country are not good. We're divided by civil war. We really are. Uh, Jesus knew the thoughts of any kingdom, any nation that's divided by civil war or family that's splintered by feuding, they're going to fall apart. And that, that would be us. We continue to be divided. He says if you continue to invent new ways of sinning and, and disobeying parents and refuse to understand and all of this other stuff and encourage others to do it, we'll be given over to our sin. This is a, this is a promise that's there. You know, as, as we look at the world, uh, the real battle is spiritual in our country. It's spiritual in the world. It's spiritual in my heart. It's spiritual in your heart. And 2020, we'll, we'll get an opportunity to see how our hearts play out as a nation. We'll be, I will be personally continue to be excited as we look at the things that are taking place. You know, the truth is, and this is why we're doing this series in January, uh, starting out, Christ is the focus. What does it mean that he's the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father? You know, it's, very, it's a very rational statement. It's very, very, that statement, particularly today in our culture, is one that they actually use and throw at Christians. How can you say that? Well, we're going to talk about how we can say it, how there's nothing else that can be said. Uh, as we go there. Christ is the same. We, we trust him and we go forward. Beware of false prophets that come around us from all directions. We're surrounded by them today. Naysayers, people who, who try and tear down the truth. Again, the promise for the next year and actually forever is if Christians will turn to God. I speak to the, 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 the numbers of Christians that are here. It's our deal. It's our deal. It's our deal as parents. We have several families meeting together to, to strategize, to think, to put together a plan to better reach the young kids in our church so that they can be lights. Very, that's the most exciting thing in my opinion. It's going a lot of going on at Crossroads, but that's the most exciting. That, that they're seeking that opportunity for, to protect their kids. Uh, parental warning. Just be aware of what's going on in the schools. Take the time to read the curriculum, particularly the new sex education health program that's going to be coming into our, into our schools. Join me in prayer. Father, there's no, there's no stopping this message because even as I'm speaking here, you're unfolding your plan in the news right now. Events are taking place inside of this world that prove that you are the God that told us the future. That nothing happens unless you reveal it to your, to your secret, uh, to your prophets to let us know. So thanks that you're letting us know that we can walk with confidence. For, for followers of Christ, let this be a time of our light shining. For those who are investigating and seeking, let this be a time to find truth and have life transformed. And Lord, I pray for each parent who's in the parenting process that they might, that they might exalt Christ in their heart and in their homes. Because we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.